Hi, I'm hoping everyone can see these slides. I'm going to screen share. Um, so it is a lightning talk. Um, five minutes. I've got to do this topic justice, which which is um, so forgive me if I don't do it justice. Um, there's a reason for that. So my question is, how do intersectional identities interact with data system? And I was desperately hoping nobody would come in on Isaac's point because there's so much there that overlaps with, with what I'm talking about. So I almost want to, to build out from, from that really interesting um, intervention. So just to build on the theme of counting, um, this reminds me of a, a very famous quote um, from a sociologist, William Bruce Cameron. Um, not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. And uh, the reason this is really interesting and really important is uh, that intersectionality, it's, it strikes me, is, is one of those quite complex issues that um, uh, datafication and data really resists. And there is a really important question, um, which is that do we do we need to or do we want to go that far and what are the implications and, and challenges around that? So, so there's a really interesting dynamic here, which is that on the one hand, the, the needs to datafy and needs capture in order to understand issues of inequality, but also um, it's it's going to be difficult to, to, to do this if we want to do issues of inequality justice. So that's an opening gambit and very much in, in, in line in keeping with Millie's approach to being a, a bit of a double advocate here. Um, why do inclusive approaches to data matter? Um, well, simply because I think that if we get this right, if we make sure that we haven't got missing data or missing number, then that would be a sign that we've got an, an awful lot of other structural conditions right. Um, that would be a sign that people feel a strong sense of confidence and trust in the way their data is being used, it would be a sign that there are fairer, equitable systems, and those equitable systems are engendering societal outcomes and, and mitigating risk and harm. And that would um, fuel an increased mandate for and support and active participation in, in governing data. So this is why um, I think it matters, but I'm keen to hear your views as well. And just from that timeless classic, Alex, in Wonderland, this question of um, intersectional identity. There is this moment where the caterpillar asks um, Alice, who are you? And Lewis Carroll writes, you know, this was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. And um, Alice says, I don't really know. I knew who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have changed several times since then. And again, a challenge for datafication. Can we really capture the fluid nature of who a person is in, in, in this way? Um, so what's a working definition of intersectionality? So I'm quite influenced by some of the thinking in the US in this space. Um, the NCCJ defined this as the interconnected nature of social categorization, such as race, class and gender, as they apply to a given individual or group, regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent system of dis discrimination and disadvantage. And on the right, you can see that there's an awful lot there. Um, and also, um, as I will hopefully expand upon more to think about than just this definition, but it's a working definition. Um, so some, some of my own reflections on this de definition. The first is um, that definition relates to disadvantage, but there's also the kind of question, thorny question of privilege. So some of us may simultaneously experience privilege and, and, and oppression. So I'm the daughter of, of two migrants who came to the UK, but I also am a Cambridge educated philosopher. And, and you know, uh, there's a really interesting, weird dynamic that I personally feel when I'm, I'm talking about these conversations. 
Um, identities and not just identity. Um, so remember Lewis Carroll, who are you question? Um, uh, you know, the, the identities are not always fixed and they're dynamic and that, that is challenging for this kind of question of let's try to understand or capture everything on, on a data set. Um, uh, this has come up a lot, the invisibility question, the rights of refusal. So um, not everyone's experience of privilege and oppression is visible. And um, invisibility can be a safeguard. So that we've already heard this, you know, the idea of invisibility is a superpower. Um, so what, what is ethical here? Should we expect everyone to reveal themselves? Or um, a, a challenge here, are there less intrusive ways of getting at the issue? And then the last thing is that on the flip side, um, you know, visibility can be quite stigmatizing and, and, and as it's already kind of, uh, uh, indicated some of the ways in which that happened. Um, you know, you think about eugenics, the Holocaust, mental health stigma, state responses historically to HIV and AIDS, the, the list is endless. So we need to be aware of that and, 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 and design around that. Um, uh, identity is just one part of the picture, no person in islands. Um, so uh, this, this wonderful uh, rainbow that comes from the, the conversation around health inequalities illustrate there's not just a dynamic relationship between individual aspects of individual's identity, but also between who it is a person is and their relationship with the environment. And I go back to the Alice um, in Wonderland example. Um, perhaps Alice is quite quite confused about this question of who she is because she's she's been through quite the um, washing machine style journey um, in 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 this process. You know, she 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 found herself transported to a new environment, new world, and that's caused her to ask some challenging questions about who she herself is. Um, and then just to land on a very practical note, um, I wanted to use the use case of the expansion of a shielded patient list and the two COVID algorithms illustrate that in the context of datification and data, um, the, these questions are really difficult. They're difficult because being on the shielded patient list can um, engender inequalities if you're expected to uh, not go to work or to, to restrict your, your, your interaction. That itself can perpetuate inequalities, but also being off that list means you don't have allocation, you know, prioritization for vaccines. And it, these things are just not that simple or straightforward. They're difficult decisions here. Um, and we need to think about risk mitigation, design, and, and quite a nuanced approach. So I will end on that note and just say I have really enjoyed this conversation. I'm really keen to hear um, what people think about this. And um, uh, uh, separately, I'd love feedback. So how can I improve this talk? <laughs>